welcome to the voice of Alabama politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and I'm joined today by Beth Clayton, attorney and political strategist of the Democratic Persuasion. Right? That's what they tell me. Yeah, Susan Britt, associate editor of APR and research guru extraordinaire. Thank you. And Republican strategist and counselor, Jack Campbell. Hell, fellow, well met. How you darn? Good to see you, Jack. <laughs> you know, we have to do these intros now because we have a podcast. Oh, okay, cool. We're, we're, yeah, we're on I wonder why yeah. the formality. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah that's it. That's you didn't mention I did a radio show. You, you do have, you are a radio show host. Yes. But, yeah. Co-host. We have and to, a mini talent. We have okay. to do this because of... Uh, the podcast, so people will know. Well, everybody who joins us on podcast, welcome. Yeah. Welcome, yeah. welcome. Glad to yeah. have you aboard. Yeah, absolutely. I had casted a few pods once in my life. Yeah, I know. Never you had. On one. Yeah. Uh, well, but you feel better when it's over. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we have to remember today Jack Hawkins, mm -hmm. Chancellor of Troy University. One of the shining lights of Alabama is Troy University. And the man who made that all possible really is... Jack Hawkins, 30 years, Susan. 30 years, and I'm telling you, he's done some extraordinary things with Troy. Oh, you just got to look back, I think, 350 million invested, and wow, they've just done some yeah. fantastic stuff. And this football stuff. team's not disappointing. Not at all. They're all right. They're I mean, they're not, they're not in Alabama, but they're getting there. They're yeah, getting there. He, he, he has done a fabulous job, and they've Congratulations. always been good to us. We, Congratulations to both yeah. he and the university. Yeah. I've never met him, believe it or not. Oh, he's, but, he's great. But everybody great. has high praise for him. Yeah. Well, we, we we had a bit of controversy uh, week before last, and it's it's spilled over a little bit until this week, and that is that Governor Kay Ivey mm -hmm. admitted that she had appeared in blackface in 1967, 52 years ago, at the University of uh, Auburn or at Auburn University at uh, a skit she did, but she gave an apology, Jack, and I think most folks accepted that apology and were ready to move on. Yeah, when when people today say, oh, she. She proves she's a racist. No, I don't, you know, and I'm not defending it, but what you did 52 years ago, to me, does not define you by any stretch. And I think she's been a very good governor. Uh, she said she was going to steady the ship. She has. She's made some good appointments. And I don't see any evidence that today she is a racist or even in, anywhere close to that. Well, Susan, I mean, race, race, Ism is a very destructive force. Wars, slavery, uh, whole nations have mm -hmm. been ruined by racism. We, she is not that person today. No. And to think that anybody is the same person they were 52 years ago is kind of foolish. No, and, and, and she's not. And those that know us, and even Bobby Singleton, who if there was a racist, if, if, if she was a racist today, he'd be the first one to scream it. Um, the, the KI that we know today is not a racist, if, even if she was back then. It's just not. Well, I don't think she was. I think she was a product of her time. But mm -hmm, probably. Beth, right. the quick, key question here is how do we move forward? What some of the things that Governor Ivey and her administration can do to, to, to heal the still wounds that, that are racially divide our state? Right. I mean, I think, I think she has to be aware that we still live in, frankly, very racially tense times. And something like this, even though it is 52 years old, it puts everybody kind of on edge. However, she has the opportunity with this apology to now come forward and say, I'm going to walk the walk and talk the talk, and I'm gonna do things like criminal justice reform and Medicaid expansion mm -hmm. that will help help cross that bridge from you know, post-reconstruction into Jim Crow era laws and policies that are still on the books in this state. She has the opportunity to come in and start working on fixing some of those to undermine 
the decades and centuries of racist policy in Alabama. So I'll see if she puts her money where her well, mouth that, is. This is the absolute perfect opportunity to take lemons and make lemonade out of them. You know, say, okay, back back in the 50s, you know, back 50 years ago, you know, this this was going on. But let's let's move forward now and see how we can bounce this. Well, and I think when whenever I've been asked or granted the opportunity to counsel somebody, and whether it be in prison or in homeless situations or just somebody starting off in life, Jack, we, we generally want to ask, we don't care where you want to go or where you've been. We don't care where you've been. We, don't, we want to know where you want to go. And I think that's what we, at least what I want to know from Governor Ivey is, where are we going, Gov? Well, I think she's kind of laid out, you know, yeah. what some of the things she wants to accomplish. And, uh, you know, she got a gas tax passed. And um, that was a big deal. Yeah. And she showed real leadership on that. Yep, she did. And, but, and, I'm sorry. and that benefits everybody if we indeed do get good roads or better yeah. roads. Right. Yeah. But I do want to bring up something you said during the pre-show. During the 67 race riots that were going on nationwide, yeah. what did Johnson do? He appointed Thurgood Marshall to U.S. Supreme Court. Now, that's a way of taking a negative and moving it forward. Yeah, during that period, there were 100-plus racially motivated, violent acts going on in the country. And, and Johnson clearly made a great choice in Thurgood Marshall. Mm -hmm. So I think we, we, we give Kay Ivey the benefit of the doubt. She's apologized, and let's move forward. Uh, Congresswoman Terry Sewell, Jack, I think people underestimate how powerful she is now, given the fact that there that were Democrats are in the yeah, majority. Yeah, the Democrats are running the uh, U.S. House. She's in a leadership role, and she's vice chair of a of a, of a ways and means. means. Yeah. That's a big deal. It is a big deal. And um, <clears throat> actually, she's a lot more powerful than any of our six Republican yeah. senators. Yeah. I mean, uh, state. I mean, state U.S. Rep. reps. Yeah, yeah. Um, because the Democrats are in the Her majority. Charge. I mean, mm -hmm. listen, Susan. It's the worst place in the world is to be in the minority in the in the House because there's nothing to do. But we we fail to realize that this. African-American, elected official mm -hmm. from Alabama is one of the most powerful women in the House. I think we've got a rank that was the third most powerful. And Beth said some stuff well, during the pre-show that yeah. I heard her bring and out. The, yeah, yeah. Right. right. And uh, you know, I think one of the things that's helped Congressman Sewell get here, and I have so much respect for her. She's always, I mean, she answers my calls. She helps with anything I ever need her to do. But she knew both Barack and Michelle Obama when it was Barack Obama and Michelle Robinson and they didn't know each other yet. So she has had these relationships from her time in the Ivy League schools that I think has really helped her bring home the bacon back to Selma. Because, I mean, I think she has done a tremendous job, not just leading the country, but leading this district that really needs some Well, Lieutenant Gen Army Great. Lieutenant General uh, Robert Ashley was in Birmingham this week. Mm -hmm. He is the head of the uh, Defense Intelligence Agency. And if she wasn't a powerful individual in the House, he wouldn't have been down here. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're, we're going to leave it right there. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back with more news and opinions. Hey, I'm Jamie Johnson. When we reach the age of 18, voting becomes our civic duty. But what if it was our job? We wouldn't be so quick to call in sick or go back home if the lines were too long or just dismiss the idea altogether. Elections are also how we collectively write the song that tells our story, and voting is our solitary voice. 
So register to vote and go get your government-issued photo ID and add your voice to the song of Alabama. What a great opportunity for your success. Adding half a million highly skilled employees to our workforce by 2025 is how we stay ahead in Alabama. Our economy is stronger than it's been in years, and a skilled workforce is more important than ever. Things move fast, so choose your path. Your success is waiting, plus a great future for Alabama. Success Plus. Go for it. For a drive later, maybe. Text some friends while I'm doing it. Scroll through social media. Kill a family four and a half on collision. Cool, man. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. back to the V, the voice of Alabama politics. Jack, there's some people that the facts can be right in their face and they'll deny what they see is real. And, and, and where's the, this road going? Yes. Well, <laughs> it may be a bridge too far. Oh, a bridge yes, too far. I do say. Road to nowhere. But really, we, we've heard this lately. I mean, Kay Ivey has said that the I-10 bridge project is dead. What part of dead don't these people understand? I know, that's a pretty strong word. You could, I mean, if she were, were to choose other language like, well, for now, yeah. but she said it was dead. Yeah. And, and for Ziegler and others to yeah. keep stirring it up. Well, and I, you know, I don't care if there's a toll road or not. If you don't want to travel on it, you don't have to. Right. And, um, but this became political. Ziegler is is just a, he's a prostitute for any <laughs> cause. Is that is that too much of a word? Well, it depends like on if he's being paid. <laughs> is he being paid? I don't know. If I if we had a decent attorney general, he would investigate don't forget, whether he was the being people paid. of Alabama are paying him if nothing else, and this is what he's all running around doing. Well, this at least is not, it, this isn't. But he's term limited. Just, That's the good part. Good. If he were terminal, it'd be even better. Uh, I don't mean to die. Yeah. I mean to leave politics. Right. That, there you that go. ain't going to happen. Or like my pappy always said, he's got his place. It just hasn't been dug yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, moving on to the bridge, uh, people like Ziegler and that gang of desperados continue to say, well, they, there's a secret plan to bring back the bridge. Now, some of them have the secret plan to bring it back as a toll, and others have a secret plan to bring it back as uh, a free bridge, Beth. You heard the bridge plan? is dead. Yeah. I mean, that I, like, I'm with you. I don't think it could be any more clear. And I mean, I think our president has been clear. Y'all's president has been clear in saying that we're done with the Eisenhower interstate plan. Any other federal money is going towards 
um, toll roads and bridges, and we don't have the state funds. Yes, we passed the gas tax. Yes, there's some of it earmarked. But the the dollars and cents, I mean, for them to be so conservative, they're not getting the numbers. It's just not making no, sense. No, and I like these people who say the tolls are so unconservative. Listen, Bull the, the toll, day tolls are the most conservative right. form. The day, well, like the I day said, before the last vote, there were all kinds of plans in place to make alterations to this plan. They still wouldn't even have that. And so it got voted down. Yeah. Well, a lot of and people they, changed they, they their tune, the, too. Yeah, they when, lost their when, chance. When they felt the public... Uh, support for it was yeah. not there. Then they were all yeah. pulled back. But I'll say, you know, Texas is a very conservative state. Rick Perry was a very conservative governor. And there are toll roads all over Houston and Austin and Dallas. Yeah. And um, people use them. But if you don't want to, you don't have to. Right. Well, the thing is, I when conservatives come out and say that tolls are roads are... <coughs> not conservative. They either don't understand what a conservative is. It could not be a more Republican idea than right. toll roads. Yeah, let's all pull our money from all over <coughs> the state and pay for this bridge in one place so that everybody can share right. in it. That's socialism, y'all. That's like, exactly what That's it is. what socialism is. Because I don't live in Mobile and Baldwin County. I'm not going to use this bridge. We'll go down there once or twice a year. You know, and right. I, but I'll pay I'll pay my share because I'm a good little Democrat. But and, tolls and again, Republican. it's what you brought up. The Eisenhower highway system is closed out. It's it's done. That's why there are no federal dollars. So it, it, whether you have a, a President Warren or a President uh, Trump or whoever, they're still going to be faced with the same infrastructure problems and figuring out a way to pay for it. Now, the de if you get a Democrat, you're going to pay for it by being taxed. Mm -hmm. If you get a Republican, you're going to pay for it by being told. Whatever you like. Yep. Uh, I think it's just disingenuous. That's my problem. But there is no conspiracy out there to bring the total. That we know of. That we know <laughs> of. These people couldn't no, organize a tea party, much less a conspiracy no, and build no, a whole no. bridge. But they weren't even listening. But, they weren't know, I, willing to listen to any types of ideas they had right before the last time they, they passed on being able to do this. I, I really, I, we, we, we really do need an attorney general that would investigate what actually happened down there. Because I don't believe for one minute. Well, I don't, what is there to investigate? It failed. I know. I mean, how it failed. That's what I'm saying. Oh, well. The, the, the back-end minutia the, that the everybody political knows about players out loud. Who got paid and who didn't get paid. Yeah, if something doesn't make sense, follow oh, the, the money. money. Well, I would think the money would go with the pro-toll bridge crowd. Let's well, face it. But remember, there was somebody going to get this contract and somebody not going to get the contract. And sometimes these companies will just... Screw with each other yeah. just for oh, but I thought we had shingles. transparency now. No, you oh, no. Wait till we get to the third segment. I know. <laughs> I was thinking ahead. About as transparent as a mule's horse back in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, speaking of Democrats, Jack, I mean, uh, Doug Jones came out and has been rated as one of the most bipartisan guys in in this U.S. Uh, U.S. representative. U.S. Senate, yeah. if I can get my words out. Behind Mansion of West Virginia, yeah. and who's the woman in Arizona? Uh, or some, anyway. Chris, mm. Senator. I would put Susan, Senator. Yeah, Senator. Senator. Susan Collins I'd put on that list, actually. But, no, but this is an actual She's, list. So. Susan's right. a Republican. <laughs> yeah, these you wouldn't know, I mean, Democrats. in yeah. name only, Rhino. But right. the yeah. other thing that I thought was interesting is that Jones was down here recently, and Brandon Mosley was at one of his town halls, and he said, we don't have a Democratic Party in Alabama, and we need a two-party system. God knows we, we do. Well, and Senator Jones has been instrumental in working to revitalize the Democratic Party. I think the ground that we've gotten in the past, you know, six months, year with the DNC 
can be squarely attributed to his advocacy on the matter. But I'm proud to see him reaching across the aisle. I mean, I think if he went up there and was this super liberal senator, that's not representing the people of Alabama. If, even if in, in Alabama we would learn to reach across the aisle, we'd get so much more accomplished. I mean, really. And well, it'll, it'll make him a one-term senator, I'm afraid, because I don't think that the people on the far left are happy with him. I don't think the people on the right are going to be happy with him. But he's doing the work that needs to be done, and we need more people like well, him. Todd Walker. Strange was on our radio show. He's the mayor of Montgomery. And um, he had just gone to eggs and issues of the chamber. Breakfast said Doug spoke, and he was really good. So, mm -hmm. well, know. Doug is a smart guy. I mean, yeah, he and, is. and the only, if he loses, uh, the reason he will lose is simply because he's a Democrat. It's not because he's done a bad job. No, it's straight ticket voting. Just, just because straight ticket voting. You know, uh, they, we hate Democrats down here now, where we loved them forty years ago. Even ten years. Oh, it's ten years. 2010, we Democrats had the majority in both chambers that's of the legislature. Right. That's right. That was 10 years ago. 10 right. years ago. And they have not done a thing since. And the reason they lost it then is because they didn't do a thing then. They thought they had it all. Well, now Republicans are acting like Democrats, so I don't know what we have now. Well, I, uh, yeah, I don't want to say. Well, most of those Republicans used to be Democrats anyway. That's true. Well, <laughs> we're gonna Some of them. We're going to leave it right there. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. We're going to look at transparency or the lack thereof. Institute of Alabama promotes reliable, affordable, and clean energy to help grow our economy, create high-paying jobs, and build public support for Alabama's energy industry. The Energy Institute of Alabama is the best source of energy industry information and how it affects households across the state, from convenient energy production to alternative fuels to solar power and beyond. What are you doing today, babe? I thought I'd head down to the lake with the guys, do a little fishing. Of course, none of us will be wearing our seat belts. I'll lose control of the truck, wrap it around a tree, and kill us all. Okay. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Hello. I'm William Wyatt Bibb, the first governor of Alabama. On December 14, 1819, Alabama became the 22nd state to enter the Union. This year, we celebrate 200 years of statehood. There is no better way to commemorate our 200th anniversary than by registering to vote and securing your government-issued photo ID. Together, let's make a difference for Alabama. Susan, for years now, you and I have been adamant about building trans, building new prisons, mm -hmm. and yes, they must be transparent. I personally have a lot of confidence in Kay Ivey's decision to build these prisons. I've spent a lot of time looking at the plans and what they want to do. But they selected five companies to uh, put in their bid for qualification or request for qualification to finance these prisons, 
to build these prisons and then to maintain them after they're built by leasing them back to the state. So they have to have the money, the means, and the, the people to finance, build, maintain, right? Now, of the five companies, a couple of them have never built prisons ever. So, so why are they qualified? Right. And a couple of them, we don't even know who they are because they won't tell us. And a couple of them have built prisons and have terrible records in right. some part. So here we are. We're going to spend nearly a billion dollars. And the worst part is that the Department of Corrections will not tell us who's behind these companies, Susan. Let me, let me just quote here from the Department of Corrections. To protect the integrity of the competitive selection process and to avoid inviting outside influence or legal challenges. Or legal challenges. Or legal challenges. The Alabama Department of Corrections cannot release the information contained in the respondent's statement of qualifications. I don't know if they read that part in the law that's called the open records, but this is definitely well, going outside of open records. Isn't Dunn the prison commissioner? Yes. He that's is. the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard in my life. Mm -hmm. That you're going to get the taxpayers to fund a billion dollar project and you don't even know who's on the board of directors of any of the companies that have submitted these qualification proposals. One that them, is wrong. One of them called the Alabama Prison Transformation Partners is not even registered with the Secretary of State because, because partnership it's a is partnership, not, right. you don't even have to register and have a registering agent. But I'm, after getting tips and digging around, we found that Harvard International mm -hmm. is part of it and another group called Star Infrastructure Investment, which is the money part. But there are other partners, and we don't know who they are, Beth. This is not transparency. This is yeah. larceny, basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to conclude it's larceny, but I will say. Well, that, I'm not a lawyer. I mean, I'm not either most days, but I think <laughs> that, you know, there is something in state law. We have the open, we have the open records law, and we also have, there's a, another law that y'all were talking about that says that if you are bidding for a project, then all of your shareholders, for lack of a better word, need to be disclosed. Uh -huh. What they've done with this Alabama Prison Transformation is in their contract together, they've said, oh, we're not gonna follow that part of the law. And I'd, I'd wanna research that, but my gut's telling me that that would not be an acceptable provision of a contract because it would not be consistent with public policy. Right, you can't write a clause into a contract that violates the law. Right. I mean, that's pretty simple, I would think. Well, and even if there's a way around it, it do we really want to go down this road again, Jack? No, we don't. Where, where we just will not disclose, will and not who's be. Who's the architect for these prisons? Well, I don't know. Right. A lot of these companies probably don't have, or don't have an architect on staff let alone one that's done prisons before. Well, a couple of these companies don't seem to be companies. I know. I mean, one of the companies appears to be a, a partner, mm -hmm. a business development person, and that's it. And, and again, the, this is the kind of thing we're seeing. One company, the only thing they've ever done is build public house or, or student housing and military housing. Dorms can kind of be like a prison, if we're being honest. Yeah, like, but I mean, seriously. Okay, let's just like, let's get the elephant out of the room. The bottom line is they're hiding something in yeah. this. Everybody knows it. It has to be something or somebody that's politically toxic. Otherwise, why would they have a problem telling us who these people are? You know, I can only think of one person who's that politically toxic, and I don't have any information that tells me this, but I have a gut reaction, and I'm a really good, you're a good gut person yeah, too. Yeah. And my gut's telling me that somewhere Bob Raleigh's tied up in this, and Mike Hubbard's still not in prison. Let's keep that in mind. So there's somebody else who could be playing games. Well, it just, I want to at least know that they're out, if exactly, nothing else. Exactly. But there's 
there's somebody politically toxic here. Somebody, yeah. somebody, somebody, somebody. And the thing is, the easiest thing to do is for them to disclose who these people are. Some of them you can find because they're legitimate corporations, but some of them you can't. Wasn't preserve. one of them created in 2017? Yes. When yeah. all this talk yes. was? Yes, this, this was the... Uh, Robert Krantz. Dr. Robert Krantz, isn't yeah, that? He was yeah. the one who was involved in that. But this is yes, we right get, around if the time we get the design started. specs for the prisons and they're all made out of wood, we'll know our answer. <laughs> 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 All right, yeah. we're going we're to have to move on. Uh, sadly, uh, W. Van Davis, uh, a, a good friend of ours yes. and a great, great public servant, passed away uh, this past early Wednesday morning. I got a text from a mutual friend of ours that had, he said he had passed in the early hours of the morning. And Susan, he, he was not only was a great district attorney for St. Clair and Blount County and then St. Clair uh, again, but he was the acting attorney general that dared take on Mike Hubbard, and he and Matt Hart and their team really are the ones who brought Hubbard down. They are the ones that brought Hubbard down. I mean, he was a mastermind in that courtroom, uh, and he was doing it all the while. He, he His cancer was advancing. He was taking chemotherapy, but he was in that courtroom every day to make sure that justice was done, even to the point he was so sick that Judge Jacob Walker, who plays no games, who allows you, if your phone rings, you got to get out of that courtroom, but would allow him to take his jacket off in that courtroom so he could pursue Mike Hubbard. But the Supreme Court doesn't even have the, have the guts to put Mike Hubbard in jail before. Well, that's that what a lot of people didn't know, and it wasn't reported, Jack, during the, the trial, is that uh, Van was going through chemotherapy. His, he had cancer at the time. Mm -hmm. was also taking care of uh, uh, w one of his parents during that time. I mean, just a, a soul that... A real jam-up guy. And, yeah. um, he was. Very diligent. And <clears throat> let me tell you, it's not hard. I mean, it's not easy to convict a public servant. Mm -mm. And he did a great job. And it, it's just sad he did not get to see the uh, fruition of his hard work. Yeah. That is, having Mike Hubbard behind bars. Yeah. But I, I do have to say one thing. For people who witnessed him in that courtroom, he was a... Bulldog in a courtroom. I mean, he and Matt Hart, especially as a team, absolute bulldog. But out of courtroom, he was a sweet, happy, loving man. Yeah. Loved to hunt, loved uh, outdoors, and just an all-around great guy that everybody yeah. loved. I mean, his uh, his obituary read like a who's who of Alabama mm -hmm. politics. Absolutely he was well respected. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to leave it right there. You've been watching the V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.